Good evening, folks, and welcome to American West History and Lore. I am your host, Paul Workman, and I say evening because as I am recording this, it is Monday night at, let's look at the clock here, 10.36 p.m. So, I'm a few days late on getting this episode out, but as they say, better late than never. So why don't we just hurry and jump into this episode? We're going to talk about the ghost town of Aurora, Nevada. So, here goes. So, Aurora was established in 1860, and it's it's located in Mineral County, Nevada, in the west-central portion of the state. It's approximately 22 miles southwest of Hawthorne, Nevada, which is just a few short miles from the California border. Now, just one decade after the Great California Gold Rush of 1849, Gold and silver discoveries in the region of Virginia City's Comstock Lode caused a great deal of prospectors, many whom failed to strike it rich in California, to rush to the area around Virginia City with renewed faith that they could strike it rich. A few of the prospectors named E.R. Hicks, James M. Corey, and James M. Braley were holding up at the Monoville Camp near Mono Lake. Conditions at the camp had discouraged them so they packed up and headed for nearby hills where they hoped that they would find their big treasure. With no luck, they headed back to Monoville and stayed the night on a flat at the head of Esmeralda Gulch, where they finally had some success finding ore that was rich in gold and silver. Now, With that discovery, the Esmeralda Mining District was formed on August 30, 1860. A town site quickly emerged and was later deemed Aurora. Now, like many other ghost towns, Aurora boomed big and quick and busted just as fast. In 1863, just three short years after it was settled, Aurora's population reached approximately 5,000 people. It was home to around 17 stamp mills, but because most of the records from Aurora have been lost over the years, it's hard to say how much bullion was mined during its boom. Estimates are broad, ranging from just a few million to $30 million dollars. What we do know, however, is that most people today would consider the town of Aurora to be one of the biggest scams in Western American mining history, due to the fact that so much time and money was invested in the town, yet so little came out of it, monetarily speaking, of course. The history of Aurora itself is rich, which gives history buffs, armchair history buffs, and actual historians alike a very rich return. Perhaps one of the best insights of the history and the conditions of Aurora can be given to us from an old writer named Sam. Now, in 1861, Sam traveled by overland stage from St. Joseph, Missouri to Carson City with his brother, Orion, where, when he arrived in Carson City, was overcome with silver fever. Now, Sam and Orion began to purchase shares of some of the mining companies within the Esmeralda Mining District, and Sam was certain that he would eventually strike it rich there. In the spring of 1862, Sam took up residency in Aurora and began mining. However, he made no money at it and eventually had to live off money that was sent to him from his brother in Carson City. For Sam, I'm sure this was disheartening. However, this was the experience for most miners in Aurora at the time. In 1875, a San Francisco newspaper wrote an article detailing mining towns in those days. One excerpt states, quote, During the great stock fever of 1862, 63 and 64, the credulous and then comparatively inexperienced people of California were most wretchedly humbugged and swindled by having wildcats, wildcat being worthless mines of all kinds, sizes, and colors, 
palmed off upon them as genuine mines by unscrupulous stock sharps and swindlers, end quote. Makes sense, as it seems most money made during those mining days was by tricksters and the men and women selling their goods to miners. Anywho, Sam only spent about six months in Aurora and then moved to Virginia City, where he became a writer for the Virginia City Territorial Enterprise newspaper. Old Sam, or Samuel Clemens, or Mark Twain as we know him today, wrote his book, Roughing It, about his time in Aurora. He states that, quote, we lived in a little cabin and cooked for ourselves, and altogether it was a hard life, though a hopeful one. End quote. But aside from being a brief home to one of America's most well-known authors, it was also a residence to some bad guys as well. One particular fellow by the name of John Daly, along with three other members of the Daly gang, actually lost their lives in Aurora. You see, the Daly gang had been the cause of much nonsense in and around Aurora for quite some time, and in early 1863, John actually used his bullying tactics in Aurora to get one of his henchmen elected to public office, the marshal post to be exact. He soon appointed Daly and a few other members of the gang to be officers of the law. A corrupt time indeed it was. This wasn't the last, however. In April of 1863, one of Daly's pals named Jimmy Sears tried to steal a horse from a man named William Johnson. Johnson sent one of his own to take the horse back, which ended with Sears being killed. This upset Daly, and in February of 1864, Johnson came to sell potatoes in Aurora. Daly got his revenge and murdered Johnson on February 2nd. It was at this time that the quote-unquote Citizen Safety Committee was formed, and within a few short days, a decision was made on how to handle the situation. John Daly and his three partners were executed. Aurora's existence as a small town lasted for quite some time, and even though its boom period only lasted from 1861 to 1864, residents occupied it up until 1920, just one year after its post office shut down. Now, visitation to Aurora is allowed these days, for the most part, and it's managed by the U.S. Forest Service within the Humboldt-Toyabe National Forest. However, not much of the town remains today. Some rubble is still there, but for the most part, the buildings that existed were made of stone, and most of that was either sold off or stolen over the years. There are three cemeteries that remain in Aurora, and of course, as always, be respectful to them. Leave the place as you entered it. That's going to wrap it up for this episode, guys. Thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Hey, if you're digging the show, I would love it if you guys could uh, spread the word. Share it on Facebook. Share it with your friends and family. Go to iTunes, Stitcher, whatever platform you listen to podcasts on, and, and leave a nice rating and review. That really helps get people to get new people to uh, to hear the show. So thanks again. If you have any comments, questions, or show suggestions, email me at thepkworkman at gmail.com. That's T-H-E-P-K-W-O-R-K-M-A-N at gmail.com. We'll catch you next time, guys.